is a good time to do it. But I felt this year the Lord began to speak and say, why are you skipping over Sunday morning? We have those that can only come on Sunday mornings. In fact, let me just help you out for a moment. In these last uh, few weeks, uh, we, we started this year Sunday morning with an attendance of 152. January the 12th, our attendance was 127. January 19th, our attendance was 150. Today, we are over 160 in attendance in a church that only seats about 163. The time is now. Tonight, I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm going I'm to expound upon it more. I understand if you are unable to come tonight. I get that. But if you, whatever it takes, I'm, I'm imploring you, you don't want to miss tonight. Tonight I'm going to share with you a little bit more of our future, of plans and potentials that we have. I'm well aware that there are uh, things that have to take place. There's board meetings and business meetings that will take place over the next month or so. I want you to realize that no longer are we looking at the unknown. No longer are we taking up an offering that we have for the last four years that we call Give to Grow. No longer are we putting it aside for, for, for the unknown plan of God, but we are here at a place where God says the time is now. Eleven and a half years ago, my family and I stepped into this pulpit as pastor of the Lighthouse Church with some 12 of the most incredible saints I had ever met. I watched God take a church where everybody that, that, that sat in the, in the, in the uh, pews, there's more that's on our platform tonight than what was here 11 and a half years ago. But God showed me something so incredible. There were nine members, nine voting members of that church body, and many of you are still here today. But there was one common denominator when I began to speak to you nine as individuals. And that was, what you see is not what God sees. Some of you cannot fathom what it would have been like to preach to just a few in the audience. But I remember that first Sunday. It wasn't 12 that showed up. It was 21 and 24 in those two services. I remember Wednesday when I stepped behind this pulpit. My wife was not, uh, my family was not able to be with me. And I remember Brother Cunningham, I remember Brother uh, uh, Vickers telling me, said, Pastor, it's only going to be six people out there. I said, don't, it's just, that's how it's been. We walked out of there, and there were two whole rows in the back filled with guests. I asked, who are they? They said, we don't no, have no idea. Those two families were apostolic families from Arizona that had moved in, the Garcias, and they stayed for several years. Uh, Sal played drums. He led worship. God began to show me that what has always been is not what God sees. 
it blows my mind to look out into a congregation right now. That, that, that number's in the 120s upstairs. So that means there's 40-something downstairs. We're a blessed people. And God is moving. You'd have had fun in this building 11 and a half years ago. Electric blue carpet. Baby blue pews. Blue plexiglass in the windows. And blue paisley wallpaper that had been painted white hallelujah but see there's one thing that God has never failed me and that is to, to allow me to see the things that God sees the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight to see things as they are not as the reality so chooses to show us and God speaks today in the midst of a deep, powerful move of His Spirit. And He says, even what we see here is not the end. I've had those this week. I can't go in detail who and how and what. But I've had those that looked, me, looked at me and said, not, not members of our church but said pastor I, I just realized you have a, a live stream and I've been watching them it makes it doesn't do anything to you in a sense I get that but when you understand the depths of who is watching you begin to realize that it's far greater than the walls of this church far greater than even what one congregation can do. We've got the Harris that have been challenged by the by God and by the presence and power of God to go launch a church. But yet in the middle of their launching, they still see what God's doing here. There's other churches, other ministries, other things that will be burst, birthed out of this congregation but the time is now I, I'm I remember in 2015 got to the end of 15 and you did the profit and loss and I don't remember exactly what it was but basically God allowed our church to break even and I don't think that as a bad thing because as our church grew so did other things and so every time our church grew it just allowed our church to do greater ministry and reach greater heights and do better things you're sitting in an incredible church that's been remodeled from top to bottom and and it allowed us to do that but I asked God I said God how in the world can we ever afford a, a bigger monthly payment for a building than what we have right now God began to speak some of this I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back into tonight but, but as he began to tell he brought my attention to Exodus chapter 25 and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurry up I don't need to preach as long as, as I would there have been a divine move of God and I don't want to lose that but I've got to let you understand where we are, we're at in Exodus 25 the Lord spoke to Moses and said I want you to build a church I want you to build a tabernacle and here's how you're going to do it and God laid out the plan so clearly again tonight I'm going to 
get into more of that. And then in Exodus 35, Moses took the plan, the vision, the dream that God gave him, and he presented it to the people. And there are several things that I, I ask you to, to find. If you have your Bibles, open it. I don't know how you're going to follow me, Brother Mike. I don't know, but, but maybe Exodus chapter 35 and verse 4. Maybe we could start there. I'm going to hit these very quickly, but I want you to see what happened when Moses spoke God's plan to the people. Part of this was our opening sermon in 2016. He said, this is the thing that the Lord commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Watch what it says here. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. And it goes on to list a lot of stuff. They didn't have money like we have money. They had materials. They had gold and they had bronze and they had yarn and linen and goat's hair and ram skins that were tanned. But it said whoever is of a generous heart. He goes on to tell him what's going to happen. Look at verse 21. Or actually look at verse 20. Then all the congregation of the people departed from the presence of Moses and they came, everyone whose heart stirred them. It's one thing for a pastor to preach. It's one thing for me to get up and bear my soul, but it takes a congregation whose heart is stirred. I believe that is happening. Everyone whose spirit moved him and brought to the Lord's contribution, brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting for its servants, for its holy garments. They came, both men and women. Watch this wording. All who were of a willing You can keep going. Look at verse 29. And all the men and all the women, all the people of Israel whose heart moved on them to bring anything for the work. And that moving, uh, I I begin to look, and it means eager, an eager heart. It's one thing to have a generous heart. But when your heart is stirred, when your heart is willing, and then your heart is eager to do it, miracles happen. In 1 Chronicles 29, David had the thought, the prayer, the desire, the vision to build a temple. God had decided that David would not be the one to build the temple, but God had decided that David would be the one to to get the, the, the stuff for the temple. And David said to the assembly, this is right before he kind of is going to crown Solomon to be the next king, but 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 2, David said this, and it's a personal thing. He said, I have provided for the house of God as far as I was able. David ended up giving, and and the Bible goes on to say there in verse 4, but he gave 225,000 pounds of gold, 525,000 pounds of silver. Now that's astronomical sums in today's world, but that was David's giving. But David said, I've provided as far as I was able. But then he made this statement in verse 5 of 1 Chronicles 29. He says, Who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself to the Lord? And the leaders of the fathers' houses, that's the, the leaders of the clans, they made their free will offerings. The leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the thousands and hundreds and officers over the king's work, and they ended up giving 375 thousand plus pounds of gold and 750,000 pounds of silver and 1,350,000 pounds of bronze and 7,500,000 tons or or, I'm sorry pounds rather uh, 7,500,000 pounds of iron and they begin to give 
to, to give that but what I've learned first is that David had to give it first and I can assure you that when God began to speak the vision of Lighthouse Church in 2016 I made sure I gave first I have never asked you to give what I would not give I've never asked you to walk a path that I would not ask you or I would not expect me to walk down but I'll watch God move I remember that first year 2016 you get that giving statement at the end of the year and I remember going to Sister Buford and saying I have no idea how we were able to give what we just gave I said I don't understand how it's even possible but it was because there was consistent giving that first year in 2016 not only did every offering we give rise but this church and your consistent giving gave $55,668 Sister Peters I remember thinking in that, that 2016 I, I looked and I said you know what I, I think brother and sister Peters they've always been good good stewards and I, I know they'll help us out And I began to identify and I'll be honest I had great faith but it wasn't nearly that big I told myself, I said, I think if we could get $10,000 or $16,000 from our congregation for a building fund, although that's just pennies in the bucket, what amazing, it'd be amazing. And I remember as we counted those pledges, tears dripped down my face because we took pledges of $50,000, but we took in $55,000. In 2017, and this was, we, we had no plan, we had no direction. All I knew is you gotta have something in the storehouse so that when an opportunity arises, you can do something. And that second year rolled around. I said, God, if you can do it in 16, what about 17? And, and in 17, y'all blew my mind, $62,946.29 this church gave, and yet none of our other offerings decreased at all. 2018, while the overall number dipped, it still it still is more than what was pledged which is unheard of 2018 our give to grow offering was $45,000 and it was still more than what was pledged and then last year you blew my mind as we ended the year and this is just giving this isn't counting interest or anything that we, we get like that this is just your giving but last year you gave $64,780.50 and I look and I say, God, how? And God says, well, you trusted me. And you gave consistently. Which means that right now, and this, this number may be a little different because even though we normally do our give to grow from, from, uh, January, uh, from, from February to November, and we don't do a whole lot of advertisement and pushing in December and January, um, but, but some of you still give every week. And so this number may have raised a little bit, but right now we're sitting at $237,693.63. It's because of your giving. Tonight I'm going to share some deeper things, but I've sat up here for four years and I have told you that let's keep giving, but there was the unknown. What are we giving to? I know we're giving to the future. I know we're giving to a possibility, but what are we giving to? But You'll have to come back tonight for details. But our board has been working hard over this, over this year, even some last year, 
But we currently have got to the place where with your consistent giving this year, by the time we close out this year with God's will and God's help, we will have done one of two things. We will have either bought property that we've identified or just very recently there was an opportunity to purchase a complete church building with an almost 400 seat capacity. And our board is working hard right now for all of the details, but I will tell you that it is a, a, a possibility, a potential that we could do right Tonight I'll tell you a little bit more about it. I understand that there's meetings and, and, and things that have to go and we're going to make sure we take every uh, uh, right step to do so. Nothing will be done without the, the, the bylaws of our church being there. But God began to speak to me towards the end of last year, even before some of this came open. God began to speak and he began to say, Brandon, the time is now. You're no longer going to be giving to the unknown. You're no longer going to be given to a future that you can't see. But there is a future that sits in front of us. I don't know how else we can grow here. I have no idea how we can put any more in this parking lot and how we can fit any more here. But God said, I've provided you with the ability to move forward. There is no doubt in my mind that what we have experienced in this service today is not because of God's faith in his people. You say, well, wait, wait, don't I have faith in God? Absolutely. But I believe there are moments where God looks at his people and he says, I believe in them. I remember as a young person, I, I was, I didn't have my life mapped out. Some of you young guys and young ladies, y'all are awesome. You like started junior high and you knew what college you were going to go to. You knew what you wanted to, I had no idea. I think I figured out that I was going to go to Gateway about halfway through the summer after I graduated high school because I worked differently. My second year of Gateway I met an incredible lady and I lived over those of you who know where the old gateway is the old Urshan College I lived a mile or two away from that way over there in Florida my lovely bride lived in Winsville she wasn't my bride yet but you know how it is I, I, I liked her I really liked her and it was nothing for me to get in my 1992 white GMC pickup truck that I still have and drive from Florissant down Mo Bottom Road Charbonnier up on 370, 370 to right in front of kind of Mid-Rivers Mall get on 70, drive 70 to, to, Hep to, to Winsville Parkway, get off at Hepperman and go see her I was raised that way. I was supposed to go see her, not her come see me, just in case any of you guys need some lessons on how to date and chivalry and all that. I bought her meal. She didn't buy mine. I didn't know how it was all going to play out. I knew at that point, two years in Bible school, I knew that God had called me to minister. I really didn't think I'd ever pastor. But I, I like my, my, this, this lady. And so I made this trip two to three to four to five to six to seven times a week 
which meant every time I passed, I went. I would pass it, and I would come back, and I would pass to church called Lighthouse. I've told some of the saints that were here when I came, I didn't know how I was all going to play it. I had no desire to pastor, but I remember very vividly those times that I would pass. I knew the church. I had preached through Gateway in this church. I had been to youth rallies in this church. That was the extent, but I would pass. And every time I passed, God would tell me, that church is destined for far greater things than just to sit right there. I saw as I would drive, and I, I, some of those things are things that they, they would flash by my mind, and I, maybe I didn't give them much thought, but when God ordained everything and allowed Sister Buford and I and our family to come and pastor this church, God brought it all back to my mind. Every time I passed, God showed me that Lighthouse was a church, not of a congregation, not even of a city, but of a region. Then we walk in and there's there's nine members. There's a little bit of hard to reconcile that this is a church for a county and a region, but God has never relented. And we stand today at the precipice of our next steps. And God says, I have faith in you. Because he sees the potential that Lighthouse has. He knows every prayer you've prayed. He knows every contact you've made. Every Bible study you've taught. Every seed you've planted. And when you begin to look across this incredible congregation, you realize that we're not just Ophalians that come to here. We've got people that, that, that live over in Orchard Hills and Portage to Sioux, and we've got people that live up in Lincoln County and Warren County and St. Charles County and St. Louis County. And all of a sudden, I begin to realize that God has been planning something for quite some time, but now no longer is it the unknown. Now he is here to say, I've put you at a place where you are going to make the next step of the greatest revival Lighthouse has ever seen. I've talked to pastors, I've talked to, to businessmen, I've talked to those who, who, who do church giving programs and capital campaigns. My board has met some of them. Our board has met some of them. And they have looked us in the eye and they've looked me in the eye and they've said, Brandon, we have never seen a church that will pledge one amount and give more than they pledged. They said it's unheard of. Normally, you pledge and only 60 or 70% comes in, but this church defies those types of odds. Because if you're giving, we're averaging somewhere in the vicinity of right at $5,000 a month that come in, and if we can continue that, that means the sky's the limit for what we want to do. It allows us to be perfectly positioned to expand. To expand either into a building that... We could, we could move in and, 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 and have church before the end of this year or purchase property that would allow us to build. Both of those come with, 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 with things to think about. And that's why we have an awesome board that's doing those, those, that heavy lifting at the moment. But it's because of your giving. And tonight, or t- today and tonight, we're going to take up pledges. 
None of what I say is an attempt to bully you. None of what I say is an attempt to, to, to try to get you to give something you can't give. It all goes back to those words. It must be a generous heart, a willing heart, an eager heart, and a, a uh, there's another heart that I'm missing at the moment. The heart who stirred. I'm reaching for those who you've caught the vision. You've caught what God wants to do. And I'm asking Brother Lee and whoever you have uh, uh, ready to, to help. I've got some pledge cards. And uh, as they begin to give out these pledge cards, at this point we're going to kind of give one to every family member. Uh, we want to make sure we have some left over for tonight. Uh, to give as well, so I mean, I mean every family rather. However, if you want to give two different offerings in your family, just tell them, and they'll gladly give you another one. But but right now, if we can just give one to every family, it would help us out a little bit. I, I don't want you to fill it out quite yet. You'll find in there that there is a the bulletin, if you will. That bulletin that's for you. Whatever you fill out, that's your reminder. I know my wife and I in times past we put it on our our our. Uh, Refrigerator. Sometimes I've had it in my office uh, magneted to one of my filing cabinets. It's right there by my desk. But there's a, a, a pledge card by itself that we'll fill out. God had spoke to me uh, in, in 2015 as before, before we launched this, and he was very specific. He said, just simply ask people for a $1,000 offering, but don't ask it from them all at once. Let them give consistently and so the 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 first one says I'll give a thousand dollars this year we'll do it during the months of February to November that's 10 months it's a hundred dollars a month if you break it down it's roughly 25 dollars a week I think there's I don't know about this year because a leap year but normally there's 43 weeks during that time and so you have a little bit of, of, of play but maybe you can't do that. You could give do the 500 mark. And I, I think that comes out to be 1250 if I'm not mistaken, a, a week. But some of you may desire to do more or do a different amount, and you can do that there. But I will tell you that what God has allowed us to do, there have been very few offerings over the last four years. In fact, I could probably count maybe three offerings that came in at the end that were large. Everything that we've done has been just consistent giving. It's that $25 a week, $25 the next week, $25 the next week. My wife and I made pledges, and I've stretched myself every year. And somehow God always lets it come out. And so I'm asking you today, if you're, if you're, if you want to fill it out and bring it back tonight, you're more than welcome to do so. I just need you to bring it back. Tonight, I'm going to tell you a little bit more detail. Tonight, I'm going to preach a different message. It's not going to be the same. So tonight, I may not be pulling for the pledge quite as hard because uh, most of you are here today, but we know there's some that aren't here this morning. We know our Sunday school teachers are downstairs, but I am doing both services so that I can try to reach every person of our congregation for you to give. As you begin to think about this, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to, I'm going to actually do something I don't ever do. I'm going to read a prayer. I, I, I typically all of the prayers that I do even at city council it's prayers that I pray but there is a prayer in 1st Chronicles that David prayed over his congregation that, that 
I, I just believe I need to pray that same prayer here in a moment. But as you give and as you pledge, I'm asking you to see it in this light. You are not giving to the unknown, so to speak. You're not giving to just put it in a fund and, and hopefully it someday we'll, we'll have enough. That's, that's not what this giving this year is most likely going to be for. Instead, this year, the giving that you do at some point, if everything plays out, after we go through all of the meetings and the business meetings, at some point, our giving is going to cease being a stockpile giving. And we're going to take what we've given and take what's coming in every month, and it's going to be what pays the note for either property or for a building. And so it's vital that we continue the level and even more that we have established over the last four years. It's, it's absolutely important that we reach that level and we continue to give, even though it's not going to a savings account. Now it will eventually be turned into we use that money and that's what we pay the new note with. I will tell you that it is very possible that we could pay the note and still be saving money, which is amazing. But it all depends on your giving. And I'm challenging you this morning that the time is now. Tonight, I'm going to talk about the dream. Tonight, I'm going to talk about that our dreams belong to the Lord. And I'm going to show you how that works. But God has given this congregation you. And I don't ask for money. I don't make it a habit. We don't, we don't do it very often. All we, if we take up money and offerings, it's always for most things outside of this building. But tonight and this morning, I'm coming to you in the fear of the Lord. And I'm asking you to allow God to speak to you. Some of you may be able to give a sacrificial offering. Some of you may be able to give it all up front. Some of you may be able to give a consistent offering, but also a sacrificial offering. But I do, do believe that every one of us can give something. And I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. And I want to pray this prayer from 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 10. Blessed are you, O God, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. For yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and all that is in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer this willingly? For all things come from you. And of your own have we given you. We are strangers before you and sojourners as our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. Oh Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is your own. I know my God 
that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct our hearts toward you. And grant to these people a whole heart that we may keep your commandments, your testimonies, and your statutes, performing all that we may be able to build the sanctuary for which I have made provision. And then David said to the assembly, Bless the Lord your God. I wonder if in your own way, would you let me put the mic down? I wonder in your own way if we could begin to bless the Lord. 